Well, good morning from me. It's, uh, it's great to see all of you here. And uh, let's, uh, let's pray. Let me give you my title first of all, and then I'm going to pray. There's a title for you, Learn a Driver. Learn a Driver from Matthew 11, 27 to 30. Let's pray. Father, what a, what a rich and wonderful time it is to be together around your word, uh, praising your name, praying to you, witnessing baptism, hearing from our missionary friends and partners all the way in, uh, in, in Pakistan and all the other aspects in between. So thank you for the privilege of, of community together as your people and we now gather around your word to hear your voice, for you to speak to us, for you to minister to our souls. And Lord Jesus, you who reign on the throne at the right hand of the Father, would we who are weary and burdened, would we come to you again this morning and find the rest for our souls that we need. In your name we ask. Amen. All right, I want you to be honest as I, I put up this next picture and ask you this question. Let's see if we can put it there. Now, for those of us that have got a full driver's license, when you come up behind someone that has got a learner plate, please be honest. You may shout it out. What do you think? Or what do you say to yourself? Be honest. It probably goes something like this. P-plater, ah, they're driving too slow, get out of the way, amen, is that honest, or do you say something like this, P-plater, oh, let me just display, I mean, L-plater, let me, let me please display as much patience as possible, who says that, no, you are lying, I don't believe you at all. All right, let, let me, <laughs> and there's four girls learning in your family, get off the road. Okay, let me, give you, let me give you my takeaway sort of line for this morning. Christian, Christian, you are a learner driver. Let me tweak it slightly. You are always a learner driver. Christian, you've always got your L plates. That's what I want you to take home. Now, we started uh, last term, we continue with our series on making disciples, and we're in the process of clarifying our convictions, and we're doing that through a number of questions, which I'll show you in just a moment. We all carry convictions, don't we? We sometimes carry some very strong convictions, as we saw last week in the issue of the vaccination. Sometimes our convictions can be good and right, and sometimes our convictions can be wrong. Like the conviction that the world is flat, when in fact the world is ovalish. Sometimes, sometimes our convictions are fuzzy, and they're unclear, and they need clarity. Let me give you an example. If I asked you, what does it mean to be a Christian? Or what does the word Christian mean? Well, for some, the word Christian is associated with being Catholic. 
Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses, Christadelphians, they all call themselves Christian. For some, Christian means not being atheist, not being a Muslim. So even with the word Christian, you need to clarify that. You need to have a strong conviction that you are, and you really need to know what it means. So let me give you the five questions that we're seeking to, to, to clarify by way of our convictions. We're, we're looking at the question of why make disciples? What is a disciple? How are disciples made? Who makes disciples? And where to make disciples? We've begun this journey, and, and we've started with that first question. We've done that question, why make disciples? And let me just give you a summary of come up on, on the screen just to, to remind you of why we make disciples. And here's the reason. We make disciples because of the cosmic authority of Jesus who commands us to go into all the world and make disciples by rescuing people from the domain of darkness for the kingdom of his Son. That is why we make disciples. And a very helpful picture, if you've uh, got the Vine and Trellis book or the Vine and Trellis project, they put it together like this. That is what or why we make disciples. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 puts it like this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of of sins. So why do we make disciples? Because on the authority of Jesus, we are on a rescue mission to get people out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of the sun. I don't know what your favorite animated movie is of all time. Mine was this one. Walt Disney's the rescuers. I think as a child, I must have watched it about a zillion gazillion times. And the story goes like this. There are two, there are two mice. One is a jittery janitor by the name of Bernard, and he's got an elegant co-agent named Miss Bianca. And, and they're on this, on this mission to go and rescue an orphan girl named Penny. And she's been held in the devil's bayou by that horrible horrible uh, uh, Trevor, a uh, uh, treasure huntress, Madam Medusa. You need to go and watch the movie. We make disciples because orphaned people need rescuing from the devils by you. We make disciples because we're rescuers. And we've been sent out by the greatest rescuer of all, our Lord Jesus Christ, who through his death and resurrection has rescued us from eternal hell to give us eternal life with himself. But here's the second question that I uh, want to answer. And we started it a couple of weeks uh, ago when Simon had a look at this as well. I wonder how you would define a disciple. What is a disciple? Again, it's one of those words, I think, that, are, that can become a bit fuzzy, can come a bit hazy. What does it mean? Does, does a disciple mean that you're a follower of Jesus? But what does that mean? 
Does it mean that you hold to the teachings of Jesus, the values of Jesus, the morals of Jesus, like Gandhi did, or the modern-day guru Jordan Peterson does? Is a disciple someone who respects Jesus? Is it a church-goer? Is it a preacher? Is it something you do? Is it something you belong to? What on earth is a disciple? Now, I've already told you what it is, but let me put it up, that picture again. And I wonder if you can see the one little element that's been added to the picture that I showed you earlier. Can you see what it is? Can you see the added element? What is it? It's your outplates. It's your outplates. A disciple is always a learner driver for Jesus. Now, let's be honest again. When you've got your owl plates, what is the one thing that you always want to do immediately? What is it? Huh? You want to get off your owls onto your, your peas, right? And then when you're on your peas, what do you want to do? You want <laughs> burnout. Have we got any policemen here? Please arrest this man. <laughs> can, I, uh, can I wash you over there? Okay, all right. We're in your L's, you want to be on your P's, and when you're on your P's, you want to do burnouts and get off your P's, right? That's the way it is. A, a, a learner driver for Jesus never gets off their L planes. Never. And what are we learning? What exactly are we learning? If you've got that passage in front of you and you want to have a look at it with me, I want to show it to you in Matthew 11 and verse 28, 29. So let's have a look at that. 11, 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So Jesus says, Come to me if you're, if you're heavy and burdened by your sin. Come to me and I'll, I'll give you forgiven rest. I, I come to me and I'll, I'll take you from the, the, the domain of darkness and I'll put you into the kingdom, into my kingdom, which is a kingdom of light and life. Come to me. But, but here it comes. Look at it in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and what? Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Do you see that little phrase there in, in verse 29? Learn from me. Come. Come to me and be forgiven. Come to me and find that eternal rest for your soul. Come to me. Come to me out of the kingdom of darkness and come into the kingdom of the light. But as you come, come and be a continual learner of me. That's a disciple. A continual learner of Jesus. A continual student of Jesus. To put it in the words of Tony Payne, someone who is apprenticed to a teacher to learn from them. Come and be my apprentice, says Jesus. A disciple is someone who adopts the entire way of life of Jesus. 
We continually learn what he thinks. We continually learn his worldview. We continually learn his body of knowledge, his teaching, his life. As the song goes, we are ever learning to walk in his ways. And just look at that little phrase again, learn from me. Learn from me. So important, so easily missed. As disciples of Jesus, we're not learning a set of ethics. We're not learning a set of morals. We're not learning a set of values. We're not even learning a set of kingdom principles. We're learning who? We're learning Jesus. We're learning a person. Learn from me. This, uh, this is a, this is, here's how Jesus put it. The, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. But let me show you this verse. Jesus said you, this, he's talking to the Pharisees and he says you diligently study the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, but these are the very scriptures that testify about me. The Pharisees and the teachers and the scribes of the law, they, they studied the law of God. They studied the character of God. They studied the ethics of God. They studied the values of the kingdom of God, but they missed the God of God. They've missed the very person to whom the scriptures were pointing and revealing. You know, it's an astonishing thing here this morning for all of us that, that, that we, can, we can know the word of God and we can love the word of God and we can study the word of God. We can meditate on the word of God and we can completely miss the living word of God. Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, the incarnate Son of God, who is the fullness of God, the deity in whom all truth and wisdom and life and grace and mercy and forgiveness there is. I guess one of the catchy phrases today of, of being a disciple is that of being a follower of Jesus. But so many people would say that they, they follow Jesus. But I'm sure that you know that you can follow and you can follow, right? There's a way to follow and there's a way to follow. I've got a friend, and um, our two families were, were, were on holiday together uh, recently down in, in Denmark, and my friend, oh, she loves to look at flowers, but not just flowers, she wants to look at every flower in the bush, like down every path, whether there's a pathway or not, she's always bending down, she's looking at the flowers, she's smelling this, she's looking at that. And we sort of go for a walk together and we're going, you know, the family's going down and, 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 and she's off there and going that way and that way and that way. But me, not so much of a flower man. I'm following. I'm following, but I'm following from a distance. I'm idly looking at what she's doing. She's bending down and I'm drifting off on this way doing my own thing. I don't really have an interest in what she's doing. I, to be honest, I didn't really, you know, I'm not a flower man. I don't really take much enjoyment in what she's doing. I mean, I'm not a very good friend. Um, I, it, but if I was to follow her, what would I do? I'd go with her. 
And I'd smell the roses. Okay, there weren't any roses. I would smell, I don't know what she called, a donkey orchid. I don't know what it is. Whatever. I'd get down and I'd smell and I'd look and I'd see and, and I'd go, ooh, what's that and what's that? And I'd ask so many questions because, because I'm involved, I'm in, I'm doing it, I'm there, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this all in. A disciple of Jesus is someone who is devoted to learning the everything of Jesus. Learning the who he is. The learning the what he's done. The learning of what he is doing. The learning of what he's going to do. You see, with Jesus, there's no sort of looking from a distance or following from a distance. There's no mild interest from afar. A disciple learns Jesus, his wisdom, his knowledge, his way of life, watching his life closely, listening intently to every single word that comes from his mouth, asking question after question after question, Jesus, what does this mean? I don't understand. What does it mean? You, Simon used the phrase earlier in the service, and he used it a couple of weeks ago when he did the first part of this message, when he says what it means to be a disciple of Jesus means all in. All in. It is a discipleship is an all-in exclusive life and death commitment for Jesus. An exclusive life and death commitment to learn Jesus. And here's how... Here's how Jesus himself put it. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Do you think that's all in? How about this one? Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. All in. No half measures with Jesus. No half mast. No glass half full. No second guessing double mindedness. It is all in or all out. There is nothing and no one more important to a disciple than Jesus. And there is no turning back. No turning back. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Let me give you a quote from the, the Vine and Trellis again, Tony Payne, and I absolutely sort of just nails it, and it's on the screen. Quote, he says, To learn Jesus is to submit yourself to his teaching, to walk in his ways, which means to leave all your current loyalties and commitments. It means walking the road to Jerusalem with him and face up to the cross that is waiting there. As Jesus makes very clear, saving your old life is not an option. It's only by losing our lives that we save them. Being a disciple is abandoning our current existence and heading off in a new direction. It's a whole new life to a whole new master. It's, it's committed to him and his kingdom and all he's doing, all he's bringing. But let me add one little aspect here. When it comes to learning Jesus, it's not always, it's not only about just learning all the new stuff that we don't actually know. Learning Jesus means we have to unlearn our rebellious former life. Did you hear that? 
We learn the new stuff. We learn the stuff we don't know, but we've got to unlearn our former rebellious life. When we become saved, rescued disciples, we don't start with a clean slate, do we? We haven't got this clean slate that's just got to be filled up with new things. We start with a slate that is full of foolish, darkened, enslaved thinking and practices, and that's got to be unlearned as we learn Jesus. Make sense? Now, as we understand what this disciple is, and it's a learner, a continual learner of Christ, there are a couple of symbols, some metaphors in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament, that, that, that help us to, to show or signify or signpost what discipleship is. And these symbols and these signs, they, they operate like a national anthem in, in a way. National anthems are audio-visual things whereby we symbolize a, allegiance to a particular country. And so what the Bible does is it gives us some symbols, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you one of them, and, 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 and some metaphors as well. But the first symbol of discipleship, and that we witnessed this morning, is that with Caitlin's baptism. And Simon rightly said, baptism is a visual symbol of repentance. It's this visual symbol of, of, of the washing away of the old and the coming of the new. It's the dying with Christ. It's rising with him. Caitlin has decisively declared through baptism this morning that she's turned away from her old life, her old way of understanding, and she's embarked on a new life of learning with Jesus Christ as Lord, Savior, King, Master, Sovereign, and Friend. Caitlin has signified through baptism today that she's got her learner plates forever. Now, what I'm about to say is going to sound controversial, but it's not meant to be controversial, because it's not controversial. But I want you just to consider it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with infant baptism. Nothing. But a baby is unable to declare that they are learner drivers for Jesus, right? They can't do that. A baby cannot do that. In infant baptism, what really happens is that godly parents are really praying to the Father, Father, through the grace of your Son, will you please make my child, children, learner drivers for you? So hear this. If you have been baptized as an infant, there is nothing wrong with being baptized as a believer. One thing that is said in these circles is that if you've been baptized as an infant and then you get baptized as a believer, that that's a re-baptism. I don't think that is right at all. And if you've been infant, infant baptized and you get baptized as a believer, you are not going against the commitment of your godly parents to raise you before the Lord and pray for His grace to save you. I leave that with you. Because I really want to encourage you this morning to do what Caitlin has done. Through baptism, to declare that you've got your learner plates. 
See, when you're baptized, you're renouncing the lie that you or someone or something else is at the center of your life. In baptism, you declare that you have that you turn your back on that on that lost, darkened state of mind and life, and you're turning to Christ in faith as master, king, savior, lord, sovereign. Now, the other, the other symbol I want to show you is in our passage. So have a look at it with me in Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to bring it up on the screen. Now, whether it's a symbol or whether you call it a metaphor, I'll leave you to, to think about it. But, but it's, it's, it's a symbol that it's not one that we actually physically demonstrate as we saw with Caitlin this morning. So have a look at it with me in Matthew chapter 11. I wonder if you can see the symbol or the metaphor that Jesus uses. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my, for my yoke, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, if you, you know what a yoke is, right? I'm going to show it to you. But, I mean, it would be pretty weird if we were, if we were like this, wouldn't it? walking around with some sort of yoke uh, around our necks. I mean, we, we don't do that physically because people would think that we're absolutely weird. Now, the imagery here is this. Right? Do you see that? There are, there are two oxen or two cows or two bulls, whatever they are, and, and it's like my knowledge of flowers. And... and um, and you can see that they're joined together, aren't they? What are they joined together with? With a, with a, with a, with a yoke. Right? Take my what? Take my yoke. So what is Jesus saying? Join yourself to, to me. Now I want to change the picture for you. I want to change the picture for you. Let me sort of update the picture if you like. It would look something like this. With Jesus. You see it? Lo, I am with you always. You see, what Jesus is saying is, is when you come and, come and take my yoke, what he's saying is, 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 is come, and, come, come and yoke yourself to me. That, that's what a learner disciple is. It, it's, it's, a, it's a yoking, it's a joining, if you wanted to change the metaphor again, it's a strapping of yourself to Jesus. And if you've got that passage in front of you, I want you to look at it carefully with me, because there are two reasons why we are to yoke ourselves to Jesus. Here's the first one in verse 27. Why come and yoke? Because all things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and to those whom the Father chooses to reveal Him. Here's the first reason why you need to join yourself to Jesus. Because He is the only one who knows the Father. And He is the only one that can reveal the Father to you. If you want to know what the Father is like, you look at Jesus. If you, want to, if, you want to, if you want to know Him, you join yourself to Him. Jesus said, if you know Me, you know the Father. You've seen Me, you've seen the Father. But here's a second reason, and I want you to have a look at it in verse 
29. Jesus says, Take your yoke, join yourself to me, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Why should you join yourself to Jesus? Because when you join yourself to Christ, you're not joining yourself to a taskmaster. You're not joining yourself to a tyrant. You're not joining yourself to a harsh slave driver. When you're joining to Jesus, you're joining yourself to the humblest, gentlest Son of God, the Word made flesh. Here's how Jesus, let's do the contrast. He talks to the Pharisees, the experts in the law, and he says, Woe to you, you experts of the law, you scribes, you Pharisees, you teachers of the law. Woe to you. Why? Because you load people down with burdens they can hardly carry, and you yourselves do not lift one finger to help them. Jesus said, don't, don't join yourself to the Pharisees. Don't follow them. Don't go there. Don't strap yourself there. Why? Because they are harsh men. They're arrogant men. They're self-righteous men. What they do is they just load down law on top of you and expectations that you can never fulfill. And you're broken down and you weigh down. Listen to this quote again from Tony, uh, from Tony Payne. He says, the all-conquering, kingdom-bringing, father-revealing Son of God is born in a backwater, in a stable, and grows up in obscurity. He comes not with sword and military might, but with teaching and healing and compassion. He enters Jerusalem not on a war horse, but on a donkey. And when he is finally lifted up, his great hour of glory his throne turns out to be a cross on which he dies a forsaken death for the sins of his enemies. End quote. Do you, want to, do you want to see a picture of the yoke of Jesus? Do you want to see what it looks like? That's what it looks like. You see, when Jesus says, come and yoke yourself to me, join yourself to me, what you're doing is you're yoking yourself to peace and to rest and to forgiveness and to salvation. Jesus has taken the law of the burden. He's taken, he's taken the burden of the law at the cross. Jesus has carried the yoke, the yoke to Golgotha. He has suffered the wrath of God for our law-breaking. And so when we join ourselves, yoke ourselves to Jesus, we're joining ourselves to freedom, not oppression, to life, not death, to rest, not work, to peace, not hostility, to heaven, not hell. So let me... Uh, let me give you this, this summary, and then I'm just going to start to close up with, uh, with some application. Disciples are rescued sinners through the death and resurrection of Jesus who are continual learners of Christ. We externally demonstrate our discipleship through baptism, and we internally yoke ourselves to Jesus. Learnership never changes. We are always forgiven, but we are always learners. 
We never graduate the school of Christ. Discipleship is the totality of your whole life. It's not a part of your life. It's not a section of your life. It's not a portion of your life. It's not a subset of your life. It is your life. Let me put that picture up one more time. Don't you make that uh, big for me, please, if you, if you can. So as you look at that picture, firstly, I want to ask you this morning, where are you in the picture? Where are you? Are you here? Are you in the dominion of darkness? Or are you in the kingdom of the sun? Have you been rescued by Jesus through his death and resurrection? Has Jesus taken you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his light? Are, are, you, are you here? Or are you here? And if you're here this morning, would you hear those words of Christ? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened by sin. And come and receive the forgiven rest of your soul. You weary this morning? Weary of your sin? Burdened by your sin? Laid down by your sin? Trying so hard to make it in God's eyes, but you just never get there? Have you can't. Come to Jesus, all you who are weary and burdened by your sin, and he will give you the rest for your soul. But secondly, just to say again that if you are here, if you are here, and you've never demonstrated your learnership through baptism, then I want to encourage you to do so. Speak to me, speak to Simon, we'll help you. We'll take you through that. Here's a third aspect. Remember I said to you, Jesus says I'm, I'm gentle and humble in heart. So, so when, we, when, we, when we yoke ourselves to Jesus, we're, we're yoking ourselves to the gentlest, to the humblest, Man on the face of the planet. To the humble, gentle Son of God. We'll talk more about this in weeks to come. But as we yoke ourselves to Jesus, we're yoking ourselves to one another in the body of Christ. Can we display that humbleness? Can we display that gentleness with one another in the body of Christ? Then the way that we speak the way that we react, the way that we respond, be humble and it would be gentle. If you're here, can I say to you again that Christian, you are always a learner driver. Can I put it like this? Perhaps for some of you here this morning, 
Perhaps it feels like your learner plates have slipped off the back of the car. You're driving along and the learner plates flipped off and it's down the road. Perhaps you're there, but you sort of started to think that you can drive all by yourself. You don't need anybody to drive with anymore. You don't need any help. You don't really need Jesus. I mean, you've really arrived. You've got there. You're, you're in the kingdom of the Son. You, you, you don't really need to learn anything else. Could I encourage you this morning to, to, uh, to, 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 to yoke yourself afresh to the humble and the gentle one? Could you, could you put your L plates back on the car? And remember, Christian, that you are a learner, driver with Jesus forever. Let's pray. Lord, I just ask that, that our, our hearts this morning would be turned to you afresh. That we would yoke ourselves, join ourselves to you afresh. To learn from you, to learn you, all that you are, all that you've been doing, are doing, will do. We continually have that, that, that humble heart to be that learner, that student, that apprentice with you forever. And I pray that if there's anybody here that is yet to come to you, that they may indeed experience that weariness, that burden of sin, and they will come and find the rest for their soul. This I ask in your name. Amen. All in. Let's um, let's let let's sing about that together. Let's let's stand and.